who is this God that paints zebras black and white? And on and on and on it goes. And, and then beyond that, if you go further, then there's the genius that starts to emerge. And the genius is, is that I am a gifted creation of God living on a planet with other creations of the same God. And that should make us want to do better in just about every category we can imagine. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's devotion and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Happy New Year, Bishop. Happy New Year. Happy Yay! New Year. I, I, I was telling Easton earlier, 2024 is my year. Uh-oh. Yeah. Come All on. yours. I love it. Yes. And I was so excited to read your devotion that you named Beginning Yeah. Uh, based off of Genesis 1. I guess that's where you get your inspiration for this, this particular devotion. So, and Genesis 1 is just so kind of like basic. <laughs> And and then and then you pull out the big the big guns and you're quoting John Muir, um, and it's such a lovely quote and so short. I'm just going to say it. it says John Muir said, "When we contemplate the whole globe as one great dewdrop, striped and dotted with constituents or with continents and islands, flying through space with other stars all singing and shining together as one, the whole universe appears as an infinite storm of beauty." Yeah. So so when you were reading that quote from John Muir, which is in the meditation, you made a bit of a gaffe. You, you know, the word in his quote is continents. And you said constituents. <laughs> and uh, and I, well, let's call that a Freudian slip because it, it's beautifully uh, both and, right? Continents and constituents, because I think Muir wouldn't object to, to noticing that part of God's creation is siblings, uh, you know, constituents, colleagues, uh, brothers and sisters and all of us uh, who are on this sort of one great dew drip, drop, uh, you know, called the universe and called the world. So I, I think you're on to something. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was really excited to read the devotion because I happen to be reading John Muir's The Yosemite. Yeah. And I'm very, very drawn to hiking the John Muir Trail. So that has always been a dream. And I was like, oh, gosh, if I can do this in 2024, what an incredible thing. And so I'm reading the Yosemite yeah. and I get your devotion. And I was so excited because John Muir, I just don't know that a lot of people know enough about him. Well, yeah. And so in a, you know, in a, in a thumbnail sketch, so, so John Muir is what we might call a, a mystic. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's heralded as one of America's great mystics. I would put him alongside of, uh, of Howard Thurman, who comes along later. Um, and, and for John Muir, it was creation. It was the forest. It was the mountains. It was the rivers. It was the streams. It was the natural world. And in the natural world, he saw God. And, and, um, and because of John Muir and his passion and his poetry uh, and his unusual life lived, um, you know, we have the natural parks that we have. He was able to persuade policymakers and presidents um, that that uh, one of their the best uh, ways they could be stewards of this of this country uh, was to make you know uh, parks uh, something that were sacrosanct and uh, and and nature and and protection acts uh, for all creation. So we have we have John Muir 
to thank and we can go and we can we can live and breathe in those places and that has a lot to do with John Muir and others uh, and so we're saying Muir M U I R for those who don't know him he's worth a Google um, and he's got a, he's got a lot to say to us and uh, I wanted to call on him you know at the this first uh, uh, four people uh, and for faith that I wrote because you know. Uh, in our church, we start off with Epiphany, right? So the 12 days of Christmas and then Epiphany. And Epiphany is just this new revelation, this new insight. Uh, and it's uh, basically the ways in which God is showing up. And so let's start uh, at the beginning. And so one of the, the lessons that we use for this uh, Sunday, uh, for Sunday in Epiphany, or for Sunday after the Epiphany, really, uh, is, uh, is the Genesis story. How did we get here, right? And uh, and you know, how did God sing the universe into being? Um, you know, the scientists tell us, um, you know, that there was this event, uh, and the Bible uh, talks about that event with a particular uh, way, in a particular way, and through the particular sort of poetry that is the Hebraic genius and mind. Uh, nevertheless, we're here. Uh, and all around us, uh, there is gift. Uh, and so, so Muir just, he brings his poetry to that. And I think we've got to get connected to the fact that we are creation, living with other creation, and, uh, and we are not in control of it. We are stewards of it, uh, but we are the beneficiaries of it. And I think that's a great place to start off our conversation with God in 2024. Mm, I love that. And I love how you married the epiphany message as the gift. I'm also struck by the wise men who were a bit of adventurers and like John Muir, right. I, you know, I was thinking about it. What would it take to just be an explorer? Um, you know, I, I, I was looking John Muir up a little bit. And I'm like, I don't know that he was wealthy, wealthy. He emigrated from Scotland when he was 11 years old and, you know, grew up, did all the things, dodged the draft for the civil war in, in Canada. <laughs> And then came back to the States um, and just really did his thing. But he did so much exploring, ended up getting malaria from the bogs of Florida, and then was all over the entire, I think, Western hemisphere. I, I, gosh, like, and, and like the wise men or the wise people who set out just to seek and understand, that to me is boggling my mind right now, Bishop. Well, there, there's something about this disruption. So the, the, the epiphany is the, the, you know, so the wise men arrived, the wise men, and we know no doubt they were guided probably by some wise women. Uh, and, and so, so they travel over nature uh, from, 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 you know, what we would call sort of uh, uh, Iraq, uh, you know, across sand and hill and valley, et cetera, to, to end up kneeling, uh, you know, on the floor of a barn, you know, in front of a peasant family. Right. And 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 so I think one of the messages, uh, you know, in Epiphany that connects to John Muir is, is that um, in 2024, we ought to disrupt our routine and take a trip. Uh, it sounds simple, maybe even simplistic, certainly inconvenient for many people listening, perhaps. But I, but I think this notion of adventure, uh, you know, sharpens the awareness, heightens the awareness um, you know, to, to be on the road, to be in nature. You know, as I've said on this podcast before, one of the things I get to do is I, I, I usually walk about three and a half miles or so every morning 
um, you know, down by the Chattahoochee River, which is which is here in uh, in Georgia. And there's all manner of, you know, flora and fauna there. You know, there's owls and hawks and uh, all kinds of ducks. There's, a, you know, fishing herons and, uh, um, you know, we see snapping turtles, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to be reminded, you know, in the quiet of that walk early morning that we are utterly surrounded by all these kinds of curious manifestations of creation uh, that come from a single source of genius, Right. And, and, you know, that puts us, I think, or at least I, it, I feel like it puts me in relationship to other things. And so I, I hope that my natural predisposition or our natural predisposition as human beings gets curbed a bit when we live in relationship to creation. I didn't, I didn't make the river flow. I didn't put the rocks in the river. I didn't tell the heron where to fish. I didn't tell where the snapping turtle, I didn't tell the snapping turtle where to hide. You know, I didn't tell, I, you know, I have no idea why the deer move in the morning and not, you know, later on in the day. And, and so I'm, I have to have a posture of curiosity. And, and so I think that's a great posture for God. You know, what, what, is, what is to be learned about God from this tree? What is to be learned? I mean, it, it sounds perhaps uh, silly to some people who might be listening who are we're busy and we're rushing to and fro, and it's about achievements and accomplishments and these sorts of things and bottom lines and all of that. And all that's important. I get it. But uh, if we're not careful, we'll flatten out our humanity. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why depression uh, is stalking so many of us. Um, is, uh, you know, episodic as well as, uh, you know, sort of chronic. Um, I, I think even the chronic is being amplified by how flat our lives are. And so, you know, as Muir tells us, you know, the cure is a walk in nature. A cure is to see yourself in relationship to creation. And there's so many, you know, so many examples of this in scripture. Um, and I, and I wonder in our artificial, you know, boxes that we've made so convenient and temperature controlled and hermetically sealed and all those sorts of things, uh, fluorescent lights and all. Well, if we haven't uh, given away a part of ourselves, which now we are learning uh, that we are utterly deficient by giving away. And I think the way back uh, is to walk out in beauty. Mm, I love that. Well, let's talk more about that after a short break. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Jesus in America, the study. There was a really interesting statistic that something like 89% of people who took this feel closest to God in nature. Yeah, I don't know the number. I I do know I have a, a there's a colleague of mine, a friend of mine who's up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I may have referred to him before, uh, and he is an Episcopal priest. His name is Jimmy Bartz, and uh, Jimmy's doing phenomenal ministry there. And uh, it has everything to do with trout fishing, and hiking the Tetons, uh, and being out among the moose and the bear, etc. And he said something to me many years ago. And, and that was that he felt like he, if he took people out uh, into nature and they said their prayers and were around campfires and exploring beauty and 
creation all day. He could move their spiritual needle uh, further and faster than they could than he could preaching to them on 52 Sundays. So in three days in nature versus 52 Sundays, I think there's something there. And so, uh, you know, I like to talk about nature as the cathedral, not made with hands. I love that so much. So let's talk about that study. Um, Friends, uh, the Episcopal Church sponsored a study, I think, led by Ipsos. I think that's how you say their name, um, conducted by that, where I think there were over like 5,000 respondents or something across the entire country about Jesus in America. And there was one section that was about the, the the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on religious activity. And it revealed that outdoor activity is the common ground for spiritual fulfillment in the majority. And we're talking like crazy, like in the 80 percentile that people feel closest to God. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about wonder and I'm thinking about beauty. And I imagine that if we're so hell-bent on discovering and recognizing and um, being uh, curious about God's beauty, it might be really difficult for us to wage war. Well, yeah, I think it'll be difficult for us to do a lot of things. I was just talking to a group of bishops, uh, you know, prior to our recording this podcast, and I was noticing with them, you know, a, a lot of what the prophets do, you know, in the Bible and Jesus does is pattern recognition, right? The way in which we we um, we convene, the way in which we gather, and the way in which we sort of do things, it's pattern recognition. And I was noticing to the to these uh, group of colleagues, wonderful group of colleagues. That when I look at the prayer list that goes out, uh, you know, for the House of Bishops, you know, it, it it looks like all woe and mayhem, right? And and don't get me wrong, you know, there's a lot wrong with the world, and and there are people standing in need of prayers, and and certainly that is part of our life with God and with each other. But as we scroll down from this very long list of, of all the bad things that are happening in the world, there was only one, one item under the heading Thanksgiving. And if I, if I bring my pattern recognition there, I, I, I can identify that perhaps there's something wrong here, right? As a good friend of mine used to say, what's wrong with this picture? And so, and so what awe and what wonder do, right, is they create buoyancy. Uh, for us. And I, I think that's sort of what's wrong with the church in many expressions is that the, the awe and wonder has gone out of it, right? And what we've focused now on was what I like to call the CNN-ification of prayer, which is a, a litany of all that is wrong. And again, I'm not poo-pooing what's wrong. Clearly, uh, what is wrong is wrong. There's a lot wrong with the way in which we are human together in lots of places, not the least of which, which is Gaza. Um, but also at our own addresses and in our own family systems, right? But the way out of that, I think, has to do with recentering God. It's about awe and wonder. I think that that helps to change the temperature, the spiritual temperature. Uh, and when we can do that, then we start to focus on our interconnectedness, right? And I think we also start to connect on our mortality, right? We're afraid in the West of our mortality. We're afraid to talk about it, right? But one of the things that focusing on the fact that I am here for a season and then gone, like the grass and like the flowers, is is that perhaps I'm persuaded to not be greedy and gather all that I can, but actually to live a little bit more gently alongside of people, 
right? To maybe give my ego a pass at every intersection, right? And to, to sum up some other kind of courage and gentleness and faithfulness. And so I think creation is medicine. John Muir thought creation is medicine. Um, you know, I remember being a, a little boy who was a National Geographic, uh, Jacques Cousteau, Wild Kingdom, uh, Mutual, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom guy. And I just remember being so fascinated, you know, about who is this God that paints zebras black and white? And, you know, I mean, and on and on and on it goes. And, uh, and again, these kinds of conversations can sound utterly lightweight to some people. Um, and, and then beyond that, if you go further, then there's the genius that starts to emerge. And the genius is, is that I am a gifted creation of God living on a planet with other creations of the same God. And that should make us want to do better in just about every category we can imagine. For sure. Well, and, you know, it is the new year, and I'm sure a lot of people are considering uh, what they're going to prioritize, yeah. uh, what their intentions are. Uh, and I know just personally, the word discipline keeps coming to mind that I need to be more disciplined in the unsexy areas of my life. And gosh, it feels good good to have a completely straight house where everything has its place and it's made its way there. No, honest to God, I feel freer. And it's just, I think it's a, it's a paradox. It's ironic that the more disciplined one is, I think the more free one can be. And how disciplined might we need to be to, to make space or make room for adventure or nature and to be able to recognize beauty that much more deeply? Yeah, I mean, you know, all the data backs up what we're trying to say here. Uh, all the smart people affirm what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and you know, it, it, and it's, it's take to, time to smell the roses. To go go and sit by a river, you know. And I, God knows, I love my phone, and you know, and all those sorts of things. But but really, I, I'm not big on resolutions. Most resolutions are broken in the first 48 hours. And God bless you if you're a, a resolution keeper and maker, or maker and keeper rather. Uh, but you know. Um, here's an invitation. I don't know about resolutions. Here's an invitation. Go sit by a river. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, go to, you know, go to and here. We're here in Atlanta. And so we have a, a wonderful aquarium. Uh, you know, there's a gigantic, you know, seating area where you can sit and watch the whale shark swim. Go, go watch the whale shark swim for an hour. Right. No, no other agenda than that and see what occurs to you. Um, you know, they have this beautiful, um, coral reef exhibit, you know, that's community. Go, go and look at that coral reef and its colors, uh, and, and see how these fish sort of are interdependent, you know, on each other. Might they teach us something? They might teach us something about how we can, how we can be together anyway. Uh, and on and on and on like that, I think, um, or, you know, there are so many opportunities, you know, with, within our, our grasp at this park where I walk, one of the beauties that, that is a slow beauty um, that comes to me is that we've been walking here. I've been in, I've been uh, in Atlanta 22 years. I've been in at this house and this location 11 years. Um, and so I've had the benefit of walking in the summer, walking in the spring, walking in the fall, walking in the winter. And so to see the trees shed their beauty 
uh, and stand strong, you know, even in the cold and in the storm and in the rain, and then to come back around and to green uh, and to see the new green um, and, and to see the seasons give way to each other. I, I, you know, I, I preach for a living and I can't out preach that. You know, there's n- no preacher can out preach that. And, and what that says about time and God and God's genius. Have you been to Blue Heron Nature Preserve outside of Buckhead? Yes, I have. Yes. You know, I, I was listening to you and I, re- I was also reminded of the fact that God's image and likeness, like we have been made in both. And I think part of God's likeness is is to be a creator, obviously, which means we get an opportunity to be creative and create alongside God. And I think that Blue Heron Nature Preserve does an incredible job of that because they have like man-made reclaimed art throughout the entire thing. And, you know, their playground is made from wood, fallen wood from trees, you know, like they create, they co-create with God in such an incredible way. There are so many parks and so many places that do such a great job at that. So, I mean, I guess that's that's really the ask here for 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 any of our listeners, wherever you are, you know, as best you can, you know, just get out. Uh, you know, I and I'm a big I'm a big proponent of of this prayer, and that is, okay, God, here I am. Show me what you got. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, another way to say that more religiously would be, you know, uh, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But, uh, you know, if you want to update it, refresh it and give it a little urban swag. OK, God, here I am. Show me what you got. And 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 to really hold steady there uh, and and really, you know, work on not, you know, sort of answering every call from the eye, the Apple Watch or the or the iPhone and just being there. And, you know, as my mother used to say. Give yourself some time to hear yourself think. And so I think one of the things that creation does for us, beauty does for us, nature does for us, is that it calls us back to ourself. Mm, indeed. Bishop, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy and New my Year. prayer is going to be, God, show us what you got. What you got, God. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye.